Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back again. Raring to go. Exciting show. I know I say that every week, but... We have a new thing going on with the dog of the week. If you listened last week, you saw that. And the doggy, another doggy, will be back this morning. We're trying to find a, a home uh, for dogs at need homes and uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue. So that's an added feature to the show. Not to mention the fact the whole um, auto worlds and topsy turvy. Uh, it, it's not. Is one, the pandemic and the and the crazy pricing, the short supply, the supply chain interruption, uh, microchips, all that stuff, it's been going on for years. I mean, you know, here we are minding our own business, and three years ago, and bam, uh, the whole world erupted in this uh, crazy, crazy economic, uh, um, I should say, medical uh, pandemic, COVID, and uh, and that, if that isn't enough. We have the electric vehicle revolution, and then you want a little sauce on that? How about artificial intelligence? I'm telling you, every day you get up and the world changes again. It's just unbelievable. Uh, you got to hang on, and uh, we're trying to hang on. We're trying to help you. We're trying to kind of come down to earth a little bit because we could be talking about autonomous and all that other stuff, but the fact of the matter is you need transportation. You need to go out there and lease or buy a vehicle and uh, this is why we're here. So things are fairly, fairly uh, focused in that area. Well, actually, they're not focused, but they're a lot more focused than if we try to contemplate the, the whole universe. If I start talking about electric vehicles and autonomous and artificial intelligence, we'll be lost in the clouds in no time at all. What we do is try to help you find a car dealership to buy a car and, and get treated with uh, respect and courtesy uh, try to get a good price. The prices are coming down. Um, they truly are. Actually, incentives are starting to build. Now, it's not uniform. So when I say prices are coming down, it depends on the car, the manufacturer. Uh, some vehicles are still in short supply, and you're going to have to pay through the nose over MSRP. But some vehicles, we talked last week about Jeep. I was amazed to find out that, uh, of course, Jeep has a huge day's supply. The, the dealers have more Jeeps than they want to have, and that's good for you. So if you want to buy a Jeep, be looking. There's a, there's a Jeep out there with a $12,000 factory rebate. I just saw that on the automotive news. So uh, we'll be talking about those kind of things to help you. And just so we don't get carried away with buying and leasing, uh, I got Rick Kearney sitting to my right here. He's a certified diagnostic master technician. And I think if we actually measure the two-hour show, Rick gets more calls than anybody. I mean, uh, let's face it, how often do you buy a car? How often do you lease a car? Four, five, six, seven years? 
But you got to repair your car and you got to maintain your car at least every six months and maybe more often if you've got an older car. So before you get in trouble with a mechanic that you don't know, uh, dealership uh, or independent, uh, describe the symptom to Rick. Just give us a call at 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And Rick will answer you directly. Now, if you really want to get personal with Rick, he monitors our YouTube channel, Earl on Cars, forward slash, I'm sorry, YouTube.com, forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube.com, forward slash Earl on Cars. He also has an amazing following, some regular callers and new callers from all over the country. Now, I was uh, looking at uh, our stats the other day. Jonathan will correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong here, but I believe we are actually we actually have viewers and listeners from 18 countries. I mean, I'm talking India, the Philippines. I'm talking Australia. So, yeah, uh, it's crazy. Uh, don't forget Rome. Yeah, I I mean, I, I don't know where you buy. A, I don't know the first thing about buying a car in India, but. But uh, good luck, that's all I can tell you. It's, uh, it's probably easier than it is in the United States. The United States is a focal point of the flim-flam, haggle-hassle car dealers, and we got a lot of them, and uh, a very high percentage of them are in South Florida. That's where we're broadcasting from now. But anyway, let's get back to Rick. If you have a squeak, rattle, or roll, you don't know what it is, or a smell, or a, a drip, 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 or all these crazy things that happen with cars, uh, Call Rick, and you can text him at 772-497-6530. I said 772-497-6530, or go to YouTube, earloncars.com forward slash YouTube, and describe it. If you really want to get fancy, you can send him an audio file, or you can send him a video file. Uh, that is really Holy mackerel, we just, we almost had a workers' compensation event here. Uh, Jonathan almost got knocked out of his chair. Everything's okay. We talked before we went on the show. Relax, enjoy yourself. Here's a rag but I didn't know that Jonathan was going to be. You got it? <laughs> Something dropped on him. He's okay. Jonathan is fine. Back to Rick. Rick can answer just about any question, and if he can't find it, Jeez. he goes to Google or some other source. He's fast, fast with the fingers. And I, I promise you, he'll save you a lot of money. Now, we do prioritize telephone calls, and uh, we only have a limited number of lines coming in, like, I think it's like five. So if you call and wait too long, we know we're going to lose you, although we do have two hours. We don't want you waiting that long. So Nancy Stewart, my co-host, Sitting on my left here, she watches that phone like a hawk. And when the phone lights up, she has all the information on her laptop, computer, and uh, she will stop Rick or stop Stu. Oh, by the way, Stu will be here. My son, Stu Stewart, will be here and uh, this morning. And uh, he'll st or stop me from yakking. We go to the phone, and Nancy answers the phone. And I'm going to turn the... Uh, the mic over to her because she has a special offer. You new folks don't know about this, but especially you ladies, listen very carefully. We have a very special opportunity offer for ladies have, who have not called the show before. Thank you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. We enjoy your company. You're a big part of the show, and uh, without you, well, it wouldn't be as successful 
as it is today. Ladies, I have $50 for the first two new lady callers. Yes, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call and say hello, or maybe you could share uh, whether you purchased, leased, uh, whether you had service, anything at all. 877-960-9960. And uh, as Earl said, we have a special guest in the studio this morning, and uh, that's Charlie. Charlie will be here and uh, he'll dazzle us and you. So stay tuned from that for that. And uh, Charlie's from the Big Dog Ranch. Uh, <laughs> that was an artificial bark. The dog is not here yet. That was, you know who, Rick. I believe that uh, Charlie may sound just like that because he comes in uh, on his weight at 55.6 pounds. Give it to us again. <laughs> oh! Because Charlie happens to be a black and tan coon hound. That's what I'm talking about. He's a hound dog. There you go. Okay, folks, as you can see, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. Give us a call, 877-960-9960. You can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymous feedback, youranonymousfeedback.com. You can get in touch with us in so, you have so many options. Take advantage of it. We're going to go right to the phones, and we're going to talk to Gene, who's been waiting. He's calling us from Jupiter. Good morning, Gene. Uh, good morning, everyone. I have a story, a hopefully quick story to ask Rick about why this thing happened. My husband and I, in 2015, we flew from Florida to um, California, Sacramento, and we're going to go up to the coast to Canada. And while we were there, we stopped at a little park, had a cute little um, uh, lighthouse there. We rented a 2015 Jeep Compass. When we came out from the uh, seeing the, the lighthouse, the key fob and the key would not work in the car. We could not open it no matter what we did. So we went to an office. It was getting late in the day. It was getting chilly. Went in an office called AAA, and um, they were there probably maybe within a half hour. When we came out, the car had been moved. We did not move it. Somehow it got moved, and then the key fob and the key worked, and we were able to you know, resume our trip. So we just want to know how in the world that could have happened. And the miraculous thing is someone else got in the car and moved it. And number two, they didn't steal anything. You know, the car, They could have stolen the car. They could have stolen our content. It's like a Twilight Zone thing. This sounds yeah. like, uh, yeah, you you were on the West Coast, California there. This sounds yeah. like my buddy Art Bell with Coast to Coast AM. Uh, he does all the paranormal stuff. Uh, the best I can tell you there is there is a very, very slim possibility. Now, you, you know your chances of winning the like the Powerball or something are huge, but there is even a tinier, tinier, tinier chance that another key fob of a similar uh, car to yours, the same manufacturer, yeah. might have the same code to get in and start that car. Do you know what those stats are? For someone are? to move that car and then and then simply move it over, yeah, and yeah. then realize they're in the wrong car. Yeah. That I, no, yeah. you you really are sounding to me more like you've got a case of the Twilight Zone going here. I want to see if there were any webcams yeah. around. Maybe a, maybe it was videoed. Any any chance for that? That'd be fun just to just for your own information. Yeah, That's... no, <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, you know, and I'm, 
and thinking back, I was kind of looking around to see if there could have been another car like it, because I kind of thought of that, maybe. And I did see another Jeep, but I didn't really notice what kind it was. But it was just so strange. And and, and actually, I did call um, Jeep Chrysler about it, mm-hmm. I think, uh, while we were waiting for the AAA to see what... Why, what, why we were locked out, and they really didn't, although they did mention something that it's possible um, it got scrambled somehow, but that was all they could say. Wow. Well, one, one thing to, to bear in mind, uh, with smart keys, where it's using a radio frequency, a, a, it's a transmitter, basically, um, by FCC regulations and rules, these little transmitters cannot cause interference on any other system and they have to accept interference from other systems because mm-hmm. certain systems like say uh, first responder radio systems always have to take priority in you know in cases like this in airlines or anything else so you know there are times when electromagnetic pulse high tension wires they can cause those radio signals to goof up and the key doesn't work that's why you mm-hmm. have that little mechanical key to yeah. get in the car and then to start it, you simply hold the, the fob up to the start button while you press the button. That negates the radio signal and lets it work as a normal key. But for we someone to get actually get move that car, that's the creepy part. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll ponder that, Gene. That's really going to keep us scratching our heads. But if we figure it out, we'll let you know. <laughs> and, and Gene, yeah. uh, real real quick, I'll share with you that Earl and I have had the experience of, you know, going parking the car, going into wherever, and uh, coming back out and uh, hitting, you, you know, that uh, car that we thought was ours. We were trying to uh-huh. open it, and yeah. uh, it was another car, and didn't realize it until we got inside of it. So that has happened wow. to us. And, and by the way, it was not a great car. It was okay going maybe 40, 50 miles an hour, but when we got on the highways, it was scary. It just did not feel good. Uh It's not a a nice car. Well, it was great to hear your story. Stay in touch with us and uh, give us a call. Let us know how things turn out. Yeah, I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank you. you. 877-960-9960, or you can text us. That's 772-497-6530. And I want to get this um, uh, information out to you that you will need from time to time. And it comes from uh, one of Earl's columns, How to Know If a Florida Car Dealer is Breaking the Law. You can go to www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. Take advantage of that. It, It is a big help. Our text number is 772-497-6530. We have a great mystery shopping report coming up and so much more. Back to the recovering car dealer. Now, Rick mentioned earlier from Gene's call about the remote possibility that a keyless remote uh, could be uh, duplicated maybe uh, every 5,000. If you go back far enough when we had ignition keys, it was about 1 out of 10 or 15. And I had I had an ex- interesting experience at the old Palm Beach Mall in in West Palm Beach, Florida. I, I was driving a Grand Prix. I was a Pontiac dealer then, so I came out. I saw my green Grand Prix, hopped in, cranked it up, and headed back to the dealership. And I got all the way back to the dealership before I realized that my briefcase wasn't in the back seat. First, I thought someone had broken my 
I broke it in and stole my briefcase, and I realized this wasn't my car. So both keys, <laughs> the opening key opened it, Yeah. the yeah. square opened it, yeah. and the square started around yeah. the open. Yeah. I went all the way yeah, back. Wow. I, I'm thinking I'm being arrested. I'm looking to see if the cops are looking for me. <laughs> and I, and then, I, then I tried to find the parking place uh, on that huge lot, and fortunately, the parking place was still there. So the I pulled the car back in, got out, wiped off my fingerprints. I'm only kidding. <laughs> but I... I got out of the car and found my car That's and drove amazing. home. Yeah. It's, you're lucky that that person didn't get in your car and went home with it, with yours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boy, interesting stories that we have. Uh, an interesting story, not good news, but did you hear about the derailment in Arizona? Uh, new cars, vans, uh, what else did they have? That'll uh, drive SUVs. prices up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, there, was, uh, there was probably, I think, uh, 23, maybe even mm. more. Uh, but uh, that comes at an unfortunate time, especially with what's going on at the port on the West Coast with, uh, well, a lot of negotiations. Well, Stu's back. At, uh, he's feeling better. And, of course, he is the cyber master general of our undercover agent, Agent Lightning, that does our mystery shopping reports. And I always forget to mention that because we're, we've been doing thousands of them. I mean, but it is a unique factor. I need to mention it every week because if you're new, you you ain't seen nothing yet. You need to stay tuned for our mystery shopping report. That's in the last half hour of the show, right after we do the dog of the week. And uh, uh, people are afraid to do it. It's, it's legal jeopardy, really, because, you know, you go in and you pretend to be somebody else. We pretend, Agent Lightning pretends to be a car buyer, or a lessor, they're going to buy or lease a car, she is, and um, goes through all the uh, you know, negotiations or whatever, uh, pricing, uh, and she reports exactly the treatment that she gets in the dealership. We name the name of the dealership, the location, we name the sales manager, everybody she meets, we get the names. So it isn't, uh, you know, some sort of a uh, uh, this is kind of a bad dealership. We tell you exactly who, where they are, what they're located, what they did. If they break the law, we actually we tell them, we say this live on the air, this dealership broke the law. And, of course, a lot of you lawyers out there, and I know you're listening, <laughs> and I know you dealers are listening too, but you don't call in. That's why we have anonymous feedback. Uh, but I digress. The reason you don't sue us because we're telling the truth. And you lawyers know that libel and slander, that's a pretty serious offenses. There's one perfect offense. You cannot be convicted of libel or slander, sued for libel or slander, if you tell the truth. So we always tell the truth. I mean, why not? The truth is stranger than fiction when you go into a car dealership. I mean, you can't believe some of the things that we report. And Sue's in charge of that. And uh, we archive those on our website, Earl on Cars. So if you don't believe me, just go to EarlOnCars.com, look at uh, Mystery Shopping Reports, and, and read one. And uh, we archive hundreds and hundreds of reports on our website, and um, we classify them. We have our recommended dealer list and our do not buy from this dealer list. Unfortunately, it's not worldwide, even though we reach the world. Most of our shopping reports are from Florida, but we do have them in Tennessee and Pennsylvania. Agent Lightning gets around, and uh, we, we have a, a pretty good diversity. Most of them are uh, in South Florida, and frankly, the South Florida reports are the worst of the worst. Uh, car dealers down here are 
uh, the crooked of the crookedest, and they they just take advantage. Because some down here that uh, you don't know why they're not in jail. Well, some of them are, I think. But <laughs> if you if you want to buy a car, don't come to South Florida. Uh, you know, the further north you go, the better it gets. And then some states like Pennsylvania, particularly the smaller towns, they've got some pretty nice car dealers out there. So we grade on the curve. I think we have a telephone call. We do. Uh, we have, uh, you know, Jonathan, uh, is this an accurate statement? We've had a lot of calls from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of calls from Tennessee. Okay, we're going back to Tennessee, and we're going to talk to Lance. And uh, Bob, hang on. Bob's calling us from Lake Park. Good morning, Lance. Welcome. Well, good morning, Earl. Good morning. I would let you know that the plans for Earl Stewart Day you are already underway. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. And, and it's going to be a fantastic thing. We did talk uh, about that last week. <laughs> yes, Earl. I, Rick, I've got a 2011 Toyota Camry Hybrid that has all of uh, 255,000 miles. Mm. And uh, I've spent... I've years I spent probably $600 on repairs mm. but I've maintained it well with oil now it's a wonderful car but it's not worth a hoot plowing gardens with mm. um, but yeah, I, the, the, I, mean, I just think that speaks so well of Toyota I mean I uh, I just think that, it's, that they're such fine cars they're, and, and, uh, and I just you rarely ever hear anybody say anything to the contrary. Yeah, you, you can't get a good tiller attachment on the back of those. Uh, the plow blades just don't work. Um, yeah, they they don't work for hay rowing either. So, but but they're they're good for traveling cars. They will get you around point A to point B beautifully. Get you across the nation with no problem. You're not going to carry a whole lot of hay or feed with you, but. Uh, they'll get some vegetables moved. <laughs> hey, uh, did you find Wheelie a home? It'll take whatever you can fit in the truck. Did you find Wheelie a home? I uh, I believe they're still working on that with Wheelie. Did yeah? Did you hear we anything adopted? about Wheelie yet? Did you get adopted yet? Uh, I, we haven't got a call yet, but we'll uh, we'll certainly let you know. We should we should follow up, uh, but we'll check with a dog of the week gal when she comes over and ask about Wheelie. That was a dog, our first dog of the week last week for you new listeners, and we're trying to find a home for dogs at the, uh, in the last half hour of the show. Hey, just to update, folks. Uh, Wheelie is a, a husky mix. She's almost pure white. Yeah, Siberian. And lovable, lovable. Uh, she does have a, a, a minor issue where her back legs are basically straight. She cannot bend her back legs, so she just kind of walks around like she's doing a wheelie. But she gets around just fine, and she <laughs> is a beautiful dog. She's out at Big Dog Ranch Rescue. So if, if anybody, if you're looking for a, a, a new companion, that's the place to go. And we're also looking for folks to help foster dogs out there. How about you, Lance? Um, nah, I'm in pretty good shape on dogs. Okay. Uh, right. But, but uh, <laughs> I, we're so busy tied up with this uh, Earl Stewart Day thing next year right now. That, uh, hey, Lance, if, be- I go, if I go to Earl Stewart Day, are you going to have a convertible and some pretty girls, and you're going to ride me down the street so I can wave? Or what we're going to do is hook you up to a set of mules and pull you down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. 
Ay, ay, ay. Well, thanks. Well, Lance, it was great talking to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling. Give us a call again. Okay, uh, before we go to Bob, I'm going to continue with Rick was talking about uh, Big Dog Ranch. Uh, you know, uh, we have been associated with Big Dog Ranch for quite some time, and um, I don't know whether anyone by now hasn't heard about Earl's book, and that's uh, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Uh, I'm not sure whether you know or not, but all proceeds, all proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch. They're donated to Big Dog Ranch. And uh, this book has been, you know, on Amazon for quite some time, and it can be purchased. And uh, the, yes, I have that. Uh, we, um, can you see that book? There you go. Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Beautiful book. You can buy it for a friend. You can buy it for that. yourself. And it's affordable. I uh, believe it's uh, 1999, and uh, like I said, uh, it's something you can put on the shelf and have forever. Very informative, and uh, you can uh, go to BigDogRanchRescue.com. Uh, I mean .org. Uh, we are going to go to Bob, who's been holding in Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. Bob from Lake Park. Good morning. Good morning. morning. How's morning. everybody today? We're well, Stu, thank you. No is the Novocaine uh, wear off yet? Oh, almost, almost. <laughs> He's drooling. I don't know how he feels. He's drooling. Yeah, that's, no, what, good. that's what happens when you get a lot of Novocaine. I had a lot right. of Novocaine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, I, I'd like to make a comment about last week's uh, shopping report. Uh-huh. Uh, there's 2,400 uh, Jeep dealers in the United States. That vehicle that your mystery shopper picked out is a one of 500 produced vehicle. They only made 500 that model. Wow. It's a special, it's a special vehicle. So I think, you know, if you're going to look for something like that, you got to expect that you're going to pay uh, a different price than a regular. Well, thanks Bob. That's vehicle. good information. Yeah. That's, uh... And, uh, well, that's true. I mean, that's what we're seeing, you know, even at like uh, with without super rare cars, the ones that are the typically the volume cars are the ones that they're more w willing to get to MSRP on. Um, but anyone that has any kind of uh, production constraint on it or just a just a, uh, a typical low supply high demand car, those get those get uh, the prices up through the roof. You know, G uh, Bob, Jeep announced uh, actually Stellantis, the manufacturer, announced a, a customer incentive on the Jeep Wrangler, and uh, I'm sorry, the Jeep Wagoneer, $12,000. Now, that's just like the good old days. You never heard of a $12,000 incentive. So any of you folks out there thinking about buying a Jeep, especially a Jeep wagon Grand Wagoneer, uh, the de dealer might not tell you about that $12,000, but right. you'll sign a paper if you take delivery of it that says that you assign that incentive to him. So $12,000, whap, right off the top by the manufacturer on the Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Right, but I think, I think that vehicle, the MSRP on that, if I'm not mistaken, is extremely high yeah. on that vehicle. That might be one of the most expensive vehicles that they sell. Yeah, I believe so it I is. Think you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, and then, anyway, I wanted to just talk about this uh, Jeep Beach. 
they only make 500, and I didn't realize it, but they have something called Jeep Beach Week up in Daytona, mm-hmm. where everybody brings their Jeeps and they drive up on the beach. It's an annual thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was quite uh, quite interesting. But w- one other thing I'll say about that dealership that you shopped last week, uh, in his defense, if you go onto the web- his website, uh, a lot of those uh, fees and the, the, uh, uh, his advantage plan on there, which was quite expensive, I think it was $2,495, uh, that's all advertised on his website. So he's not really trying to hide the fact that you're going to pay these other these other things when you come in to buy a car there. So you know, I th- I would suggest when somebody's going to go buy a car, the first thing they do is uh, maybe go online and read uh, the, the, at the, the dealer's website. And this way, you won't be so surprised when those numbers show up mm-hmm. because he he did put it on the website that, that you know. Yeah. Well, some some are more accurate about that than others. But you're Uh, you're right. I want to jump in. I like I missed last week's mystery shop, um, but just doing the mystery shops week after week. That's a very rare, very rare when the information on the website matches what we experienced in the in the show. It should. And if they're following the law and everything, they should. But especially down here in South Florida, uh, uh, we don't see it. Right. Well, some some of the some of the deals. I looked at another one. Because I was actually able to find that vehicle, a Jeep Beach, at another dealership in Inverness. And they actually were uh, discounting it off of MSRP. However, it was very vague on the website. They did indicate that they would have uh, fees on there and uh, there could be uh, uh, dealer-installed options. <clears throat> but they did unless you actually... Go into the dealership, I guess, or you talk to somebody online. You really don't know what you're up against until you yeah. go. You, you, you work the number, yeah. right? Until you're there. But but in this case, for this dealership last week, he clearly put it on his website that he had this uh, advantage plan that he puts on his cars, for, and he put okay. out the amount that's on it, and he put his other fees on there, his doc fee and everything else. Right. So I think it was pretty pretty evident. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for okay, pointing well, it out, and that's, that's very fair. And we and we want to be yeah. fair. Yeah, if we miss something, blame my brother Josh. He did the mystery shopping report last week because I was drooling. (laughs) All right, one other thing. My cats want to know when they're going to get equal time on this show. Um, Well, we have a cat um, that we – she's passed away since then. Ollie, I'm sorry, he's passed away. Um, And I think um, we need a replacement cat, so you're welcome to call in. And she can meow on cue. (laughs) She's welcome on the show. All right, well, good luck with the dogs anyway. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Hey, I'm sure everyone has heard about Elon Musk and Mary Barra. I'll tell you what, did you ever think that the two of them would be sitting in the same room together? Uh, Amazing. Money does that, though. So it's a good thing. These superchargers... Wow, there's going to be a lot of them. And uh, Elon Musk is going to make them available to GM, just like Ford. So uh, it's an interesting story that will continue. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, I just uh, want to repeat now again uh, about we're talking about Stellantis and Jeep. That is, Jeep is the car manufacturer that has the most cars. So it's all about supply and demand. They have a big supply. 
They're, they're assigning incentives more and more. So when you go car shopping, if you're looking for something that is scarce, you're still going to pay through the nose, supply and demand. But if you're, if, if you're a Jeep fan, now's the time to buy. Uh, also, uh, I'd like to say that, that when you go in to buy a car, uh, I have a blog I did that's actually next week's blog. I actually re, re, what is the word, rebooted Nancy's idea uh, a long time ago. And we have a, a, a blog with a contract that you can look at. Uh, read it, and if you, uh, if you take it to the car dealer and ask him to sign it, it will assure you that you get an out-the-door price. Uh, so if you, uh, if uh, Nancy will hold that up there and uh, show you the, the blog. It's, is that on, Stu, is that on our website now? The one it, it, it should be. Josh is doing it. It's, you sent it on Fridays now, so um, I'll yeah. double-check. It, it should be, be at EarlOnCars.com, but it's basically Car Buyer's Guarantee, and it's, it's pretty basic. It just says uh, when you're negotiating, when you're shopping around for a car, you insist on getting this out-the-door price, and they have to sign that they give you the outdoor price. That way, you can shop and compare the price, and, and you also have to let them know uh, because they're going to tell you how many days that price is good for. So if you go to EarlOnCars.com, and you can look at Car Buyers... Car guarantee that's the latest blog um, if if you have the courage <laughs> to go to that car dealership and say okay that's the price you gave me would you please sign here telling me that I have the real price uh, and if they sign they have to stick to it because it's a legal document uh, just a tip if you're going to go car shopping and by the way a lot of people, we still talk in terms of car shopping, and I have a visual image of people going into a car dealership. When you go into a car dealership today, you're asking for trouble. You need to contact those dealers digitally or by telephone. Uh, you can contact many more dealers. The conversations are actually more productive because you eliminate all the nonsense and you control the conversation. When you go into a car dealership physically, you're on their turf. That's their home ground. They have a system. And when I say a system, car dealers have a buying, selling system. And they know exactly, A, B, C, D, what to do. You've bought a car, you know what I'm talking about. You're greeted, a salesperson talks to you, uh, they ask you to make an offer, they take the offer to the sales manager, and the games begin. And you're under their control. When you're at home in the comfort of your living room or your home office or wherever you are, a phone, a computer, a smartphone, you're in control. And you can remain anonymous. With that, you say, how do you remain anonymous? Well, you make up an email address. You get a free email address from Google uh, or uh, Yahoo or a number of other uh, sources, Microsoft, um, uh, and you can have that strictly for your car shopping. Uh, you don't have to give them your true phone number. I wouldn't recommend that. So you use strictly online and um, collect best prices, out-the-door prices from half a dozen dealers. That way you save a huge amount of time and you get a much better price. It's a car buyer's 
guarantee for an out-the-door price. And uh, you can go to Earl on Cars and find that um, all of Earl's blogs and columns are, um, you know, available. And you can pull up today's, yesterday's, last year's, whenever. And, you know, um, this past week, a lot of uh, questions were asked. And uh, one of the questions were, you know, how do we build trust here, you know, on our show? Uh, so much trust. And, uh, you know, I said that uh, by doing the Mystery Shopping Report, week in and week out and uh we've been running from the wild wild west for well a long long time but uh, you take a look at those mystery shopping reports and they're done for a reason and uh, the spy Man master general and agent lightning uh what a fantastic job they do to make it all pretty clear for you to pick and choose where you want to go for a vehicle give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, your anonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, let's get you some text or YouTubes, or do we have any? Yeah, we can jump over to Anne-Marie's. She's got a text waiting for us. Um, she, and Rick she ought to pay attention. I think this is up your alley. Uh, Anne-Marie says, good morning. In the old days when a tire went flat, no one could call AAA, AAA, and they'd, uh, I mean, one could call it, sorry, I misread that, one could call AAA, and they'd either plug it or put it on the, put on the full-size spare. Not anymore. What would be done nowadays if a set of tires had 35,000 miles on them, and they still had good tread on them, but one tire picked up a nail, or maybe had a bad valve stem? What do you do in cases like that nowadays? Um, if you look at the tire, the very last tread towards the outside shoulder, if the nail is in that last groove or towards the center, then we would patch it. We do not plug tires anymore, we patch them. It's a much safer repair. Uh, if the tire is not repairable, say if they had had to drive on it on the sidewall for a while and it's damaged the sidewall, then we recommend replacing it. And we will put on just one tire but we usually, if the tires are really worn down past 50% tread, we'll recommend two so that you don't get a radial tire pull or cause the car to, to basically pull one side or the other. <clears throat> okay. Well, that answers the question, Anne-Marie. I wish you would call and then you could have a follow-up question. <laughs> well, yes. And just, just my own personal preference, both of my vehicles, mine and my wife's vehicle, I have not only a, a nice long breaker bar so we can change the tire easier if need be, but I also keep a little battery operated uh, compressor that plugs into the power outlet, the cigarette outlet in your car, and it can take about five to 10 minutes, but it will pump up a tire. Yeah. So if you have a nail in your tire and the tire's gone low while you were in a store or something, you see it's just a little bit low, yeah. you can add enough air into that tire to be able to safely get to a, a service station to have that tire repaired, and it'll save the life of that tire. That's no, a great little I, gadget. We, we talk to about have. AAA a lot, but we don't endorse them as often as we should. American Automobile Association—they're uh, a great outfit. Uh, they're very reasonably priced. It's a non-for-profit, not-for-profit group, and they've been around forever. I was on the board of directors of AAA many years ago. They have—they have a. They have a uh, approved dealers. Uh, if you need to know a good place to take a, uh, take your car for repair, 
They even have a website you could go to. I have that written down here somewhere. But uh, I even use AAA here. I yeah. mean, we're, an, we're automobile dealers. And uh, I think Nancy had a, yeah. was it a, a flat De- tire or lost a key or something. De- dead battery. And bam, I called AAA. Bam, they're out there. And I think within a half an hour, unbelievably uh, fast, courteous, very reasonably priced service. And if you remember, a lot of this stuff is free. So I highly recommend that you join the American Automobile Association. You get newsletters and all sorts of good stuff. And there's no profit motivation for them. It's, it's like Consumer Reports. They're not for profit. They exist on contributions and dues of members. So uh, it's a great way to, uh, I'm going to look for that uh, website they have. It's uh, carrepair.com. Uh, when I find it, I'll... Hey, what? Oh, here it is. Uh, consumerreport.org. C-R, as in consumerreport.org, forward slash car repair. You're, you ought to write that down. C-R, as in consumerreport.org, O-R-G, forward slash car repair. And then uh, you put your zip code in, they tell you, uh, and then you tell them what you want to do. I want to have an oil change. I want to buy a tire. I want to, you know, I want to have my engine overall, whatever it is. They give you in your zip code the uh, prices, the price range that you should pay, and they recommend various shops in that area. And uh, I will say that you see a lot of independent shops recommended because they take into consideration cost. Car dealers charge more than independent shops, but car dealers also have the fact that they have the support of the manufacturer, the diagnostic machinery, and the training. Now, all that stuff isn't going to add up to a good repair, but it helps. Uh, independents don't have that, and unfortunately, if you have a complicated repair, you might end up having to go to a dealership anyway. But I'm sure that AAA takes that into consideration when you go to that uh, particular website, cr.org forward slash car repair. Great points. Uh, We're going to go back to the phones. Uh, Stu, we're going to talk to David from Jupiter. And uh, Marty, hang on. Good morning, David. Good morning. Welcome. Um, I'm calling from Jupiter. And uh, the story that I wonder if you could give us some help. My daughter bought a 21 um, GMC Denali. Uh, she was here in February. They drove back uh, on an off-ramp in Georgia, and the car died. Um, they got it to the dealer. The dealer said it was at a, a computer hiccup, but it destroyed the engine. They, um, it's been there since February. They got another engine, put it in, said the, the new engine's no good. Now they're waiting for another engine. Oh, my God. And wa- wondering what the hell recourse she has. Um, she bought the car in Massachusetts. It's been sitting in Georgia since February. So you said it, it was a 21, 2021? Yeah. 21 or 22, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lemon law, but uh, it would be prorated. Any reimbursement you get would be prorated back, back on usage. Right. So uh, when she took delivery of that 21 or 22 GMC would indicate what she could recoup if she... If she had uh, you know, only a 10% usage, she could get a 90% reimbursement if they can't fix it under the Lemon Law. But that's something yeah. she should investigate. Yeah, but here's a question. Um, they haven't um, solved the problem of these engines. They're just going to put another engine that could do the same thing next year or 
tomorrow when she's driving down the highway. It just well, quit. She, she probably wouldn't want to buy another one. You, you get your money back. They don't necessarily yeah. give you another car. Right. They give you, uh, yeah. if, if she paid $50,000 for that and she had 75% back, then she'd get something like $35,000. She could go out and use that to buy another vehicle. Probably wouldn't want to buy another Not GMC GM. truck. No. Yeah, so, but would she be, is there a way she could, um, I think she she should be asking for a replacement. Is that possible now? And then just sell that replacement for it know, would, the big, it would come under the same price. category as cash. I mean, yeah. you don't have to have oh. the replacement. Oh. But the lemon laws, they don't they don't replace the vehicle. They will buy it's a buyback um, with, oh. with yeah. And then they yeah. they prorate the amount of usage based on time and miles. They so, will work with a dealer, and yeah. usually, uh, you know, if they replace the vehicle, uh, the dealer. Uh, Probably, if he has any conscience at all, which is a huge question, uh, would make the price reasonable. Work with what you got. Yeah, to the uh, customer. But uh, by the way, lemon laws vary from state to state. I'm speaking from my knowledge in Florida. You said Georgia. So she'd have to familiarize herself with the Georgia lemon law. Just Google it. And I know probably it's going to require that she notify the dealer in writing. Uh, within uh, a certain period of time, and they have to allow the dealer in in Florida is they they're allowed two two chances to repair the vehicle, right. and if they can't do it, uh, in two. Go yeah, ahead. do you mean Georgia? Or she did buy the car in Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts, yeah, that's where that's where the okay. law would apply. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, one more question for a different vehicle: 2012 um, Grand Cherry, Cherokee Overland. They, got, they have a recall for a uh, fuel pump relay that's been going on for years, and they they can't come up with a pot. What uh, the hell happens? In- wow. Uh, what happens if the for the fuel pump, is it, is it going to cause a fire, or is it it doesn't start, or is it cut off driving, or what's the... What's the- cut, cut off. Yeah, Dave, well, I don't know. what I would do is I would demand a loaner, yeah. uh, and uh, you're talking about a, a safe... Uh, a, a vehicle they should they should loan your oh. vehicle at no charge until they can get that fuel pump installed because you've got a safety issue and again like anything with a car dealer or a business that's giving you a hard time put everything in writing emails fine a text is fine a letter is great but you put them on notice co- carbon copy your uh, attorney and just say I require a loaner I'm afraid to drive my uh, uh, 2012 uh, uh, Jeep, and I'm going to uh, insist that I have a free vehicle to drive until you can fix it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Well, call us back and let us know how that works, David. I'm always, uh, we give out of this advice, but we like reinforcement. If it works, we'd love to hear from you next week. Yeah, sure. Now, uh, David, we have the mystery shopping report coming on later, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for the call. Uh, I want to thank all the ladies that have really helped us uh, to to move in the direction that we're in right now. And uh, Earl on cars, thanks you very much. As I mentioned earlier, $50 for the first two new female callers. Give us a call, say hi, or share your story with us. We're going to go to Marty, who is a regular caller, and he's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How are you doing today? Hey, morning. Good. Nice to hear I've from you. Got, I've got to disagree with Earl on something, and I'm sure Earl will Hang up on me. Disconnect him. <laughs> I'm sure are we having a trouble with the connection? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, 
every car that I've ever bought, when you bring in your trade-in, or over, I'm just going to say over the phone or on the Internet, you can tell them what car you have and that you're going to trade it in. However, every car dealer that I've ever dealt with says we have to see the car. So you have to you have to bring the car into the dealership. Sure. Most now, places. And what I find when you're there, let's say whatever the price was, and you're ready to walk out for let's say a thousand dollars difference, you have more of a chance to get the deal when you're there with your car and you're ready to do the deal than you are over the phone or on the Internet. So I don't well, know if Earl will agree with me or just hang up on me. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I, I respectfully disagree because um, if, if you're, if you're going to try to flim-flam the dealer and, and describe the car inaccurately on purpose, then it's going to be a problem. But if you accurately describe your car, and we do it a lot at our dealership, and it, this is a digital age. I mean... Phone, online, email stuff is really real. It's happening. And uh, we appraise a lot of cars uh, without ever right. seeing them. And, and, and I want to add in there, dealers have always done that. But now with the phones, it's not just talking. It's people are taking video and walking around the car with a FaceTime. Yeah. Um, we're, look, we're seeing cars live. The only thing we're not doing um, remotely is driving them. Yeah. And so that's the thing is so we can give, and, and a lot of dealers can give a, a firm yeah, dealers, figure. Dealers buy yeah. cars from each other online, yeah. and everything is done online. They have, the, they have it down pretty pat so that the right questions are asked, and the information is there, and you'd be surprised at the consistency. If you'd asked me 20 years ago, would I ever buy cars from my used car lot online? I, I'd say you can't be serious. You'd say you'd say it can't be done. Yeah, it can't be right. done. And, and and the same thing with buying. But uh, I I know what you're saying, Marty. I mean, it seems to move quicker. But uh, the dealer will be motivated if he thinks that you are shopping your car. So if you call up and say, look. I want to get a price on my 2021 Toyota Camry. I'm going to call you. I'm, I'm speaking to you right now. I'm going to describe it to you. Give me what you'll pay me for it. And I'm going to call five other Toyota dealers. They're motivated to give you a real price. Uh, the only danger is they're going to highball you. So you come in and then they find a scratch. But uh, I, today, I don't think that'll happen. That's true. You will find dealers that will tell you on the phone, oh, to get a better number, you got to bring it in. But that's not, that's just get them in the door tactics. That's not really describing yeah. like the real dynamics with your yeah. trade. They just want to get you in. Yeah. Now, what I find, and, and I may be wrong, and I'm sure you know better than me, the guy walks around the car, he puts the paint thing on, he sees the car, he looks at the odometer, everything looks fine. He goes back in his office. He takes a half hour or an hour to come back to give you the same price that he could have given you in five minutes. So I know it's all BS, but it's it's like a game. I don't mind playing the game because yeah. i got nothing else to do. But, but you're, you're, you're giving dealers too much credit. Now, from my, from my standpoint as a dealer, what I see is a used car manager... Uh, sitting in his chair, looking out the window, and appraising the car without ever getting into it or checking anything, and you'd be surprised how sloppy 
some car dealers are when they appraise vehicles. So uh, I, I, wanna, I want my employees at my dealership to spend a lot of time. They don't have to spend as much time now because they have it's sources fast. like the auto. Faster. But they are doing, like, there's phone calls are being made, different sources are being made. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times to, to get a better figure, um, and that's that's always in the best interest of the the dealership and the customer. So, um, um, so some, I mean, yes, sometimes they're sitting with their feet on the desk wasting time. <laughs> yeah. Not not at our store, but I'm saying yeah, yeah, use and, car and, managers. And Marty, with all these uh, car buying sources, you know, Carvana, we buy any car, Vroom and CarMax. I mean, there's there's so much competition out there buying used cars today that the dealers that aren't good at buying on the phone or buying online are really going to hurt themselves because there's a huge shortage of good used cars. So uh, you're you're a victim of rapid change. You're looking at the way things were two years ago or three years ago, and today things are light years different from they were now. So you can get a good price on the phone today. I'm I, I'm I'm confident. Okay. One other thing I got to say that maybe you'll agree or disagree also. Today, when you go to a dealership, they're either asking over MSRP. So in the dealership's money, they're making $5,000 instead of 2000 yeah, yeah. So they have another $3,000 to play with. Yeah. So isn't it better to make, instead of making 5000 on the car, isn't it better to make 4000 and sell the car? When you can make the money that dealers are making right now, um, an overallowance on the trade is a discount. You're not going to get that. Um, the only thing you're going to be, only funny business you're going to run into is a, someone stealing your trade. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there, it's no one's desperate. I mean, I don't know. Maybe GM dealers are desperate to make a deal. Um, at least for us right now, and other Toyota dealers, it's like a endless pipeline of cars and customers. Are just it's all automatic now. Um, but at other dealerships, no one's really wheeling and dealing, and hustling to steal deals at this point. And um, but you will see people will be over allowing on trades when that comes around. It's just discounting. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you got somebody else waiting, but I'll just tell you one thing. I went over to Ed Moore's Honda, and I was looking at a loaded up Accord. Trader. Not only it, it was it's similar to the Camry XLE loaded up Camry. This car stickered for 39000 They've got also four thousand dollars added on to their Ed Moore's. Backed whatever. by Morse. And then they've got another nine hundred ninety-nine dollar uh, fee. So now they've got at least five thousand dollars over sticker. So it's it's to the point of saying, I don't need the car. Yeah. So I'm saying I don't need to spend five thousand dollars more just to have the odometer go to zero from forty thousand. Yeah. So. But I thought Ed Morris had your back. Yeah, he does, but yeah. there's a gun in there. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a gun in your back. Good one, Marty. Yeah. You know, so um, as, far as, as far as I'm concerned, this is still a, a racket because of supply. Now, in the old days, when there was 10 of these accords on the lot, you could make a deal. But now there was only one of this particular right. but that's, one. That's, the other un, nine that's are unusual for Honda. Honda had the biggest increase in sales percentage-wise last month, May, of any uh, manufacturer. So 
A Honda, uh, I don't know when you went by at Morris, but if you went by today, you'd probably see some more vehicles from the lot. They do have more cars. They do have more cars. They've got a lot of SUVs. Yeah. But what I'm saying is for the Accord, this this model Accord, there was only one. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, but uh, I always have to agree for the most part with Earl. (laughs) <laughs> so do I. He, he knows a little bit more than on cars than me. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Marty. All right. Call again. Nice to hear from you, Marty. Give us a call again. Uh, we're going to go to John, who's been holding from Palm City and uh, Roadrunner. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right with you. Good morning, John. Nice to hear from you. Good morning. I have a question for Rick. I have a common size battery. It's a 24F. It's exactly three years and one month old. According to AAA, a car battery in the United States can last the average 58 months, but in the hot, warmer weather like Arizona, it's 41 months. Now, the question I have for Rick is the electrolyte, it's an open that can add water to it. It's, it's not clear like it used to be. They're cloudy. It's quite cloudy, like milky. Is that, but I had the battery tested and it's still tested good. Is that an indication I'm getting close to the end, especially if I see AAA recommendation of the average of 41 months? Do you think I should just replace it automatically or stick with it and wait till it's completely dead? I wouldn't be too concerned about their their average lifespan that they say, because when they say the average, you can have one battery that lasts six months and you got another battery that lasts 84 months. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about those because those throw the numbers out. Um, if it's still passing a load test, and today's testers are so sophisticated that it can tell you if that battery is getting low on health and starting to get that, that geriatric need that, yeah, you're going to need it soon. So as long as it's still passing and the scores on it are nice and high, I wouldn't worry about it. I would just make sure to top the electrolyte with good distilled water. What, what is the range on the score of a load check? Was it 0 to 100, or how do they do that? Well, it's not actually a score. You'll see a little, like, a, a bar graph on it on the tester usually. A brand-new battery, you'll see that. It'll be all the way across full for the health. And somewhere down at about the uh, 40 to 50% range, there will be a line that says, start thinking about a new battery. And when it gets much below that, then it says, all right, it's okay. time to replace this so one. So percentage-wise, uh, just give it a check, John. If you're if you got 50, 60 uh, percent of your battery left, hang in there. You know, don't yeah, worry I, about it. I, I would hold well, off because there's really there's no sense putting the money out today if you can get another four or five, six months out of that battery. Well, I'm doing my homework ahead of time. And yeah. the July issue of Consumer Reports... On page nine, it shows a leading battery with a 90 score, and it's a 24F mine. It's called a Napa Legend. That's at Napa stores, mm-hmm. and that's a top leader to them. And then I'm looking at another one. I want to see what Rick knows about that. Years ago, I used to buy my batteries at Sears. They had a brand called Die Hard. Yep. I find now that Die Hard is back on the market again. They've got 75,000 dealers. They give a fantastic guarantee with two-year road hazard, no-nonsense uh, um, service. 
I mean, even for lockouts and uh, towing and everything, all included by you buying that battery. What is it's twenty four thousand or two year full warranty? What's Rick's opinion about a diehard battery? Uh, right now, diehard the name probably was bought out by another company, and they may be all owned by one parent company. But basically, they're just they're just giving you options to compete against others. You're going to pay a little more for the name, but if they're giving you those extra benefits, it may be worthwhile to consider. Okay. I mean, it's, it's like Craftsman Tools. You know, it used to be Craftsman with Sears, they and they were name, you know yeah. had a lifetime guarantee. You if you broke a screwdriver, you walked into Sears, you handed it to them, they hand you a brand new one. Well, now Craftsman has been bought out and. That brand is now available at Lowe's. If you have a Craftsman tool, you walk into Lowe's. If it's broken, they hand you a brand new one. Okay, but one other question. Do you recommend to buy a perfectly sealed battery that you don't see the electronic the fluid in it or one that you can add like distilled water yourself in it and look at the plates? What do you have in your own personal vehicle? Mine are sealed units, but then I buy them you know, from Toyota through the dealership, so I, you know, I get a nice discount on them, so I'm not too worried about you know, my part supplies. Uh, for the average person, um, a maintenance-free battery is really the way to go, just because it's one less thing you have to worry about keeping an eye on. And believe it or not, a lot of these uh, maintenance places, lube techs, they, they don't know they're supposed to check the batteries once in a while. And you know that fluid level, when it gets down low enough, and those plates start getting exposed to oxygen, the, you know, in, in the open air, that it puts will. a hurting on yeah. that battery. Yes, absolutely. Especially in South Florida here, with the heat, that evaporation takes place. And uh, you, if you have the open type that you can add water to, it should be checked regularly because that fluid tends to evaporate from the heat. Exactly. Hey, uh, Donovan, our my buddy on uh, YouTube here, just came in. He says. Diehard batteries are owned now by Advanced Auto Parts, uh, but they are made by a company called Johnson Controls. That Johnson <laughs> Controls makes probably about eighty to ninety percent of the batteries on the market today. Uh, as a matter of fact, Toyota factory batteries, the ones that come straight out of the factory, are ninety percent Johnson Controls. He beat me. I was googling. He I had all that ready to, ready to throw in there since we got off the call. But I think Johnson Controls is owned by Clarios LLC. Huh? I'm digging deep. Yeah. See, I mean, there, <laughs> it, it it all comes down to all these different companies are usually owned by one big yeah, company. Like, when you follow like, it back, there's it's one all, it's one all, owner. All marketing and, and and names and all the batteries are probably the same. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Because They're just branded. The Napa, yeah. The Napa batteries are owned by the Delta company in Pennsylvania, and they make it for Napa. And they also make it for AAA. Yeah. So it's very true. There's Things not have many changed. Of them around. And uh, Interstate is another one. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you for the information. Oh, you're welcome, Thank John. You. It was Thank great you. hearing from you. Have a wonderful day. Uh, we're going to go to the Roadrunner who's been holding. Good me, morning. Me. Beep, beep. Good morning, Steve. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks, Good morning. Steve. Okay. My question is with all that smoke, that was up in the north. Yeah. Okay. 
would that have anything to mess up any of the car sensors, like the oxygen sensor or any other sensors where it would throw off the car running good? Good question. Oh, it definitely can have some effects. Uh, filters are going to start getting plugged because smoke is a particulate matter suspended in, in air. So, you know, they, there is particles there. So you're going to have issues with filters getting plugged up. Uh, various sensors such as the mass airflow sensor, uh, the manifold absolute pressure sensor, anything that is measuring anything that has to do with the air. Uh, air fuel ratio and oxygen sensors in the exhaust I don't think are going to be as affected because they're going to be getting the exhaust right out of the engine anyways. But there are certain others that can have a, you know, get affected by that. And things such as the PCV valves might start seeing more residue buildup. How about paint finish? Uh, smoke is definitely going to have an effect on your paint finish. You're going to want to get your car washed and waxed a little more often to get that smoke and ash and that residue off of there. Or come to Florida, get out of New York. Uh, and yeah, well, I'm not in. I be, matter of fact, I just became a Florida <laughs> resident after 15 years. I, I got I, my license the other day. I knew, I knew you were in Florida. I was just talking about <laughs> our other yeah. listeners. Uh, okay, and the other thing is, when they're driving up, up, up in New York with the AC on, all that odor is coming into the car. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Absolutely. To the, uh, the fabrics and all this stuff like that. And I'd also recommend replacing those windshield wipers before you start heading into it. And replace them often because that's going to deteriorate the rubber on those wipers, and you're going to want your visibility in that situation. Yeah. Okay, so let's say I'm a New York driver and I take my car back to the dealer. Say, it ain't running right, Mr. Dealer. Oh, you need all this, you need all that, when you really don't. You think the dealers are going to be taking advantage of some people? Oh, I'm sure. There will be air filter specials left and right. Oh, yes. Yeah, inspections, free inspection, uh, smoke inspection, and then they'll, yeah. Yep. You're absolutely right. Yeah, somebody and always profits. Jonathan just suggested keeping your AC on recirculate, but even, remember, even on recirculate, you're still getting a certain amount of outside air being drawn in so that yeah. that air doesn't get stale inside the cabin. <laughs> Very good. Oh. All right. All right, everybody have a good weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Roadrunner Steve. I hope so. Thanks a lot, okay, Roadrunner Steve. Thank you. Have a great weekend. 877. And, and Johnny Z. Fraidley just said, the smoke up there smells like Canadian bacon. <laughs> well, it probably smells good. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Okay, we're going to go to Dawn. Uh, Dawn is calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Dawn. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you? I uh, have a 21 Toyota Sequoia Platinum, and I, I'm from West Palm Beach, and I found it on the Internet over in Pinellas Park at a uh, Mercedes dealership, and I brought the car and had to Earl Stewart, to, and I know Elaine for many, many years, and yeah. he did the Bluetooth, and I was complaining to her prior to that, that um, in doing a conversation with the Bluetooth of the car 
after three to five minutes, it totally disconnects. Hmm. And whether Rick or someone knows hmm. the answer to solving that. Is everything um, up to date? First question, what type of phone are you running? Uh, I have an Apple. Okay, iPhone, uh, what, what model is it? Uh, what's the latest on the market? Is it a 14? 14. 14 is the latest, yep. Uh, okay, I think it's a 13. 13? Okay, odds are you, are you are on the automatic update, but I would still go into the settings on that and check to make sure that there's no updates in the phone itself is the first thing. Uh, the second thing I would do is if you get an opportunity to, to go by the dealer, uh, ask them to check and see if there are any updates available for the radio itself, for the software on the radio. Uh, make sure to get both of those taken care of. And the next step that I would try is I would delete the car from the phone, totally erase it, and I would erase the phone out of the car. As a matter of fact, I'd even, I'd even go so far as to do the delete personal data on the, the radio itself in That's, the car. It's terrifying to do that. It, it sounds it, but it's, it's really <laughs> it's okay, though. It's, it's not okay. that big a deal. You're, you're, only, you're just erasing the phone out and then reconnect it back in, and it will get all the data back in there, but it basically it reboots everything right back to the beginning and see what that does for you. Those, just those are the, the basic steps that 99% of the time that solves all the issues. Uh, making sure your phone is up to date is one of the most important ones and making sure that the radio software in the car is up to date. Yeah, deleting the app and reinstalling, I'm doing that uh, fairly frequently with other applications and it is terrifying. You just have to bite the bullet and, and, and say a prayer if you're a religious man mm -hmm. and say, please right. let my phone We We need different words. Back. You know, you, you can't. Delete is a bad word. They, there needs to be a word that's like delete. What's well, in not, the cloud? It, I yeah. know it's in the cloud. Right. They, they always reassure you're, you. Don't worry right. about but you all, it. But you still feel that that fear. I know <laughs> yeah. what you're talking you're about. You're right, Sue. Delete yeah. is not the it, right it, word. Yeah, we need something that's kind of like delete. <laughs> yeah. It's a 21 Sequoia. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. So worst comes. You're, I don't think you're not likely mild. Uh, how many miles on the car? When I bought. Uh, a month and a half ago, it had 4,307 miles on it. So I, oh. I'm assuming you're still under 36,000 miles? Oh, it, yeah. it only has 6,500. So worst comes to worst, if the updates and, the, and these things don't work, um, you're under warranty, and ultimately you could have the whole headset replaced. Right, if, if it needs it. Would, if it needed. I, with the 21 Sequoia, I'm willing to bet that there's at least two software updates that have come out already, yeah. and those are covered under warranty, and takes about a, a, a total for the technician it takes about 15 minutes to do it but plan out about an hour to an hour and a half because you know they got to run all the paperwork the techs got to get the vehicle into the shop you know check and see what the uh, software numbers are and then download the proper update and get it installed and I know you rebooted your phone. That would be step number one. You reboot the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you get into the scary stuff like uh, deleting your personal data and uh, deleting the application. Well, you're, you're actually just telling the phone to forget that car yeah. and then reintroduce it. Yeah. Would anything have to do with me having uh, Bluetooth hearing aids? Mm. Oh, I have those. What, what kind do you have, Dan? 
Don. Phonics. I think it's called Phonics or something. Yeah, yeah Nancy and I have Jabra Resound as a uh, manufacturer. And uh, we have a heck of a problem with that. We're always uh, rebooting and things like Doing that. Doing a that lot of rebooting, Bluetooth Don. Bluetooth is part of our... Bluetooth is... Uh, <laughs> Ruining our lives. <laughs> there, there is a slim potential possibility that it's trying to switch the Bluetooth back over, but it should yeah. actually be able to keep both of those Bluetooth connections going uh, for your car itself. But that that may actually be the issue if the, if the phone is trying to connect with your hearing aids when it's already connected to the car, it may take the hearing aids as priority and switch over to them. So you got to decide whether which he, one you he, want. But if his if his music works, he can't hear it because his hearing aids won't work. True. Exactly. Now here is a, a bypass to make it a lot whole lot easier for you. Um, you should have Apple CarPlay in a twenty one Sequoia. That should have Apple CarPlay in it. Just put a cable in, plug your phone right into the cable, and let the phone work through the car for the Apple CarPlay oh. for your your music. Your audiobooks, your maps, everything like that. Now you've got all those features operational, but it's working through the cable Great idea. and not through your Bluetooth. And the phone's Bluetooth connection then goes straight to your uh, hearing aids and it puts everything in a working mode. Oh, this all sounds so simple. <laughs> Doesn't it? Well, I, well, I come, make it sound come, simple. Come, Definitely come in, not. Come in, let yeah. Rick do it, and he'll be fully responsible when he screws your entire phone up. Yeah. But we'll, <laughs> sure, I can do that too. <laughs> Don, Don, if you want to okay. see a comedy show, just come to uh, our house. Uh, Nancy and Earl sitting in the kitchen and trying to achieve all of this. And it's constant, it's so repetitious. I mean, we are constantly at this. Yeah, and I don't have a little four-year-old living in my household to do all that kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Neither do we. Crazy well, part, that's, that's well, actually well, true. Welcome to the 21st century and the frustration. Uh, you know, uh, who, who would have thought 20 years ago we'd be talking about, you know, reboots and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But that's part of life. Yep. And Elaine, I've dealt with Elaine, and I uh, will tell the heirs that she is a fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. She is. We love her. Thank you so much, Don. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Give us a call again. Uh, if you didn't hear earlier, we have a special guest coming in to the studio, and his name is Charlie, and uh, he's from Big Dog Ranch. He's got and, four legs. And, and uh, you, you need to tune in and take a look, and uh, if you choose to adopt uh, a dog from Big Dog Ranch, uh, you can go to Big Dog Ranch. You can go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And uh, you'll have all the information you need right there. Okay, uh, the phones are on hold for a little bit, and I think we'll go to uh, Rick. Well, let's see what we got here. Uh, got a few points back from, uh, oh, this one from Donovan. I did want to mention, he says, on the idea of GM switching over to the Tesla connection and using the same exact charging connector that Tesla uses, he says, this is such a big deal with GM and Ford mm -hmm. switching to the Tesla NACS connector that it's likely that every other automaker will do the same. Right. 
He says, I would strongly advise not to buy an EV from any brand who has not said that they are going to switch to that particular designated connector. Which is another reason why they're going to have to, because a lot of people are thinking just like that. Excellent point, Donovan. Thank you. Uh, he says, cars using the CCS connector already have a horrible charging experience, and now there's likely to be very little investment into those CCS networks. Uh, cars would have to have a software update just to support an adapter that would go from the CCS to the NACS type adapters. Uh, see, and, and Johnny comes in to say, yeah, they must have designed the lunky, clunky CCS connector to feel like a gas pump. So that part gets a little interesting here. And let's see. Uh, also, he mentions next year when the tax credit is at time of sale, few people are going to buy other stuff on electric cars during these crazy prices. And he mentions this because... He says a fully electric Model 3 Tesla after the tax credit is around $30,330 right now. Yeah, they're bragging in California that uh, it's cheaper than a Toyota Corolla. So it's uh, the world is a changing. I only wonder about one issue with, with the Tesla. We have a lot of people here in South Florida that they're, they're seasonal. They pop back and forth from up north to down here. But a lot of the cars, they, they ask, how do I keep my battery up? They're parking their cars in places where they cannot plug in even a little trickle charger. How then are they going to be able to keep the battery up on an electric Tesla? I mean, while they're gone, leave their While leave. they're gone for several months. That's a, that's a very good question because they will, you know, very, very slowly. Uh, it loses, uh, we had a caller last week said about 2% a day. Uh, the Tesla, Nancy and I have, it loses about 1% a day. So in, uh, you know, two months, you know, you're losing 60% of your charge, but you still got 10%. So uh, I guess you, the answer is you need to have somebody uh, charge that car for you. Uh, it wouldn't be such a big deal, I mean, to ask them to charge it once for you, you know, mm -hmm. take it somewhere to a, uh, what do they call it, a rapid charger, the supercharger, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's something for folks kind of might keep in thoughts on electric cars. Yeah, yeah definitely. Great uh, great information, Rick. Uh, we're running out of a little bit of time. We're going to make, um, we're, we're going to go to uh, Stu and uh, we'll we'll get some text. We'll go to Rick. We'll get some YouTubes uh, because we have Charlie coming in shortly. Okay. Um, here's a text. Uh, it is a kind of a emergency text, <laughs> urgent one, but they maybe should have called. Um, urgent question. I'm out of a town. This is for you, Rick. Pay attention. I'm out of town in Orlando, four hours from my home, and the engine light in my 2014 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited is illuminated. I stopped at Advanced Auto that did a code evaluation. The code was PO128. Cool at thermostat temperature is below regulating temperature. How serious is this? Is it safe to drive four hours home? Uh, what needs to be fixed when I go to my technician um, back home? And uh, sincerely appreciate a response. Thank you. Most likely cause for that is that the thermostat has stuck in the open position. Uh, basically, the thermostat is a little cap valve built into the cooling system that it will stay closed and block off a certain amount of the cooling so that your engine coolant will circulate through the engine more and not through the radiator. 
and this is to give the engine a chance to get to operating temperature very quickly. Once it reaches operating temperature, the thermostat will then open and the coolant begins flowing through the radiator so it keeps it at that nice average temperature. If it gets stuck open, the car takes a lot longer to reach proper operating temperature, but it's not what I would call a breakdown issue. It's not going to leave you stuck alongside the road, right. and it's not going to overheat it's, it's the engine. Gonna, it's going to take too long to get hot enough. Yes. It's not going to get too hot and break down. You know, I, I, just, I just Googled that, and I'm seeing mixed uh, contradictory Googles. I'm saying uh, it's, the, the system is running too lean, and uh, the coolant issue, uh, both for the PO128 for a Jeep. So. Yep. Numerous things could trigger that. System running too lean can also cause that, meaning that you're getting too much air, not enough fuel, and there again, the car is not able to get its operating temperature to properly regulate. Uh, the main thing I would do on, in that case, I would clear Drive the home. code. Drive home. Watch and see if it comes back. But I would also just keep an eye on the temperature gauge to make sure that your temperature stays in a reasonable manner on it. So he's okay driving home four hours. As I long think as he so. That. Yes. Okay. Well, I hope you hadn't, um, you know, changed your plans. But it looks like you can make it home. <laughs> so uh, thanks for texting. Um, we're all caught up on uh, on text here. Okay, Rick. Well, I got one here. Uh, as a matter of fact, again, Donovan. He says, if a Tesla, the car, sits for a long period of time. It'll go into a super deep sleep and will lose almost zero battery power. If Earl sets a home location and turns off your sentry mode while at home, you'll lose 0% on your battery power on the Tesla. Wait, with, with sentry mode on? With it off. He oh. says turning off sentry mode. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did that when I was driving it. I took it off. I thought it was a really cool function, um, but it drained my battery ridiculously. Ah. Yeah. Huh. So... Maybe Teslas could make it six, eight months even sitting with and not lose all their battery power. I, I, I didn't have the cool, I don't think I had the cooling mode on. Talk sentry about mode. The sentry, sentry mode. mode. Sentry mode? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's the uh, oh, security yeah, I, I feature. Yeah. Oh, I did have the sentry mode on. Oh, I did, yeah. Ah. If you did, it's going to drain your battery. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, it's under the I security system. The you go to listeners. security, yeah. and then, okay. Yeah. I'm going to come in here and just listen. I'm not going to talk am- anymore. That's amazing. <laughs> wow, that is fantastic information. And then one other here from James Fronty. He says, what are your thoughts on the long-term reliability of the new 2023 Subaru Ascent Touring? My opinion on Subaru is A plus. If they could build more cars, they would probably take over the market because for some reason they have just instead of caring about being number one, they have concentrated on quality so much that they have made an incredible car that almost nobody knows about. And they got yeah. incredible commercials, too. Yeah, their, their commercials are great. Fantastic. My best friend my best friend, uh, uh, was, was looking at cars and uh, came back to, to me looking for Toyotas, but he was also looking at Subarus, and he asked me what I thought, and I was um, honest like I am on the show, and I told him I rented a Subaru up in Philadelphia, and I thought it had surpassed uh, Toyotas on, on certain things, and it was a fantastic car, and I'd love to drive one. Yeah. And he bought one. Yeah, super up. Quality number one. Um, okay, uh, do you have yes? Any? Uh, Consumer Reports um, they um, they are recommending 
like all of them, I think. Uh, Subaru Outback, the Saltero. What was the question? What was that model? Do you know what? The Ascent Touring. The Ascent Touring. That is also uh, recommended, I believe. I'm going to dig in and make sure. <laughs> is there a dog behind me? Yes. Really? <laughs> right outside oh. the door. <laughs> I sensed a dog nearby. I'm a true dog lover. Well, I am just. Great sense. My, my, great senses. I, yeah. We'll okay. Right All right, Charlie. Peggy, you can come on in with Charlie. Yeah, bring him in. Come on in. You've already been discovered. And uh, Charlie has arrived, and uh, Peggy is here Hi, from Peggy. Big Dog Peggy's Ranch. Peggy's along with nice two legs, you. and Charlie's Charlie. got four legs. And you can come around to the corner over by Rick. Uh, am I supposed to move to uh, Jonathan? Earl stays right where he is. Which one's Jonathan? And I. Okay, this is the second Big Dog Ranch Rescue event, and we're kind of scrambling around the studio here. Uh, we're getting our, our dog of the week, Charlie, situated. We have Peggy from Big Dog Ranch. Hey, Charlie, how you doing, my friend? Hi, Charlie. Oh, yeah, which a good doggy. Yes, you are. And there's Mrs. Sunrise, Nancy Stewart, and Charlie and Peggy. And... Uh, we're getting ready to find a home for you, Charlie. You hang in there. Look so. good. Look like you need a home, and you love everybody. Mm -hmm. You're going to be on camera pretty fast. Yeah. So this is very exciting, and uh, we're uh, almost ready. And I think that uh, where did Rick go? He's right behind, right behind you. you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Rick's a cameraman. So that. Be patient with us, folks. We're, we're, we're just learning here to get the, everything done yeah. right here. And uh, I wish we, I wish uh, Charlie were a little taller. And <laughs> he can't reach the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, you got the cameras on him. Okay, yeah, cameras on him. Got a great tongue, got a great tail. Love your scarf, Charlie. And uh, Charlie, hi. Are you a Pisces? There. I heard you were Let's keep it on Charlie Kim. February. Now we can we can gab all we want as long as, as, long as we can see Charlie. Your birthday, huh? Wow. You're beautiful. All right, so tell us about Charlie. What's uh what's what's his story? Well, good morning. Um, Charlie is a 2-year-old hound mix weighing in at about 55 pounds. He is just an all-around great dog. He comes to us from Georgia. Um, he loves to walk on the leash uh, and take his walkies. Yeah. He's great with other dogs, loves to play with other dogs. Oh. Um, I think he would be great in a home with children. Um, toddlers may be a little bit much for him only because he likes to give stand-up hugs mm -hmm. and it might knock them over. Uh. <laughs> um, but he's a cuddle bug. Um, he's just an all-around great pup. And... Um, I like the way he wags his tail. It, he, he's yeah. uh, showing all his uh, love and emotion. He loves attention. He yes. loves uh, Uncle Earl here. He's just staring up at him. I bet he loves to have his belly rub too. He's a little bit, he's just a little bit shy when you first meet him, but once he knows you, he just, he'll be your best friend. He loves to cuddle. Charlie's looking for him forever home. Honey, why don't you come over here and sit here so you can see Charlie up close. Okay. Hey, Charlie. You handsome boy. Okay, we'll change. Uh, 
Oh, let's not forget this is a radio show. Hey. <laughs> this show has gone to the dogs in a wonderful manner. <laughs> See, that's the effect, this beautiful boy. I don't, I'm not even near a microphone. I hope you can hear me, everybody. But this is, this is such a sweet puppy. He's Hi, a Charlie. great boy. Hey, Charlie. All right, so um, as our adopted dog, as you know, if you adopt through us, my, Jonathan, can you hear me? Uh, you may speak up. Okay, if you adopt through us, uh, Charlie, or any of the other dogs at Big Dog Ranch Rescue, uh, we take care of the adoption fees for you. That's right. So do we have any callers for Charlie yet? <laughs> so Charlie likes his ears rubbed. <laughs> That's right. So if you guys are watching this live right now, um, you know, call somebody or text somebody and tell them to get online right now and take a look at this doggy. And we also have an option for people who don't want to adopt a dog, but would like to foster a dog. So if you could just, uh, if you if you like to bring Charlie in, if he doesn't get adopted, you can provide a temporary foster home from for him, and uh, that frees up space for us at Big Dog Ranch Rescue because we're kind of uh, jammed up right now. Uh, love to have you adopt him, as Stu said. We're going to pay the adoption fees for you, but any of the dogs out there that you might want to help out a little bit, take a minute, take a dog in for two or three weeks just to provide extra space. It'd be nice. Yes, great information. All take right. advantage of that, everyone. Uh, Charlie needs a forever home, and uh, you can go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue uh, and .org and uh, adopt today. All right. Thanks for coming out, Peggy. Thanks for that having us. Awesome. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Where are the other locations for Big Dog Ranch? I know we're in Loxahatchee, but... Uh, uh, Alabama could, is Alabama. our other facility. What, what part of Alabama, do you know? What's that? What part of Alabama? I, I'm not sure, yeah. to be honest. So it's a big facility. Very big. It's yeah. fairly new. Yeah, very good. So you folks in the Alabama area, we just uh, Google Big Dog Ranch Rescue. We have a very large facility in Alabama, and I believe there's even talk about another facility. So Probably. <laughs> we, are, we are growing. Growing gangbusters. We bring dogs in, by the way, from all over the world, uh, Puerto Rico, China, uh, where there's a problem, where dogs have a problem, we're there. We fly them in sometimes, and we uh, put them up at the ranch. There they are. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, Jenny, Peggy. He wants to wave goodbye. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have to get we have to get the winning shot, the big smile, because this boy knows how to smile. Please adopt this beautiful boy. Bye, Charlie. <laughs> Good luck, Charlie. All right. Thank you, guys. Give me a call. Let me know how everything goes. Okay. Charlie. Yeah, Willie didn't get a home yet. Really? The one I had last week. Oh. Uh, okay. Willie. Yeah. Remember the one that was. Kind yeah. of paralyzed. Yeah. Yep. We well, folks, we got yeah. the, okay, the, the mystery shopping time. report coming up. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, so folks. Sweet. Wheelie will find a home somewhere soon. Yeah. Yes. And I bet Don't Charlie be will too. You keep, you Charlie keep doesn't me, want to leave. You keep me posted. Let me know how everything's Aww. going. Thank you, guys. All right. This week's mystery shopping report is from Central Florida Toyota. Agent Lightning has done a couple of long distance shops. She has, she's on the road again. And so the report she sent in, <clears throat> they're not from our usual area down here in the swamp, the uh, Wild West, as we call it down here in South Florida, extreme South Florida. The hotter it gets, the more humid it gets, the crazier the dealers get. Oh, and, uh, but uh, Agent Lightning went up uh, out of the swamp a little bit to Central Florida 
And uh, but believe it or not, pretty much anywhere you find a, a big metropolitan area, a big area population like Central Florida or South Florida, you're gonna get crazy dealers. <laughs> so let's find out what happened. Yeah. Bulletproof Fest. Uh, and don't forget, folks, you can vote on the Mystery Shop of Central Florida Toyota. And you can do that by uh, texting 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And uh, let us know how you would rate this Mystery Shopping Report. Or go on now YouTube. back to you the recovering YouTube. car Talk dealer. Rick. Pardon me? YouTube.com forward slash Earl and Cars. We get more votes on uh, YouTube than we do anything else. That's true. Is that right? YouTube.com forward slash Earl and Cars. Okay. Mystery Shop of Central Florida Toyota. Is that one of the biggest Toyota dealers, by the way? They're in the, what, top 15? Or, they're big. Yeah, they're, they're big. Huge. And uh, uh, they uh, have been there for, for quite a while. Um, I'm going to speak of the uh, first person as if I were the mystery shopper, Agent Lightning. I arrived uh, just before 8 p.m., evening shop. I noticed several uh, sales agents gathered in front of the showroom door. I like the way she called them sales agents. I did, I too. Like, I like that. Yeah. Um, Yenny, Y-E-N-Y, is that, is that uh, not supposed to be Jenny? Is that right, Yenny? Yenny, yeah. Okay. Yenny, the saleswoman, uh, spoke up first, so I asked if they happened to have any hybrid vehicles in stock. She applied that they did, but only one 2023 Crown sedan parked right up front. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a brand new model, folks. That's uh, all Toyota dealers are very excited about that. Uh, the Avalon uh, dropped out of the lineup a couple years ago, and everybody said, including the customers and the dealers, when are we going to get another luxury car? Well, we got one now. Uh, the Toyota dealers are thrilled about the new uh, Crown. Uh, and this is a 2023. Just park right up front. They're they're kind of rare. I mean, we we had one, didn't we? Uh, we got a couple. Yeah, we got one coming. She yeah, asked yeah, if they're I, all sold. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen one before. What I meant to say. Uh, she asked if I'd like to see it. Uh, Yenny, uh, the salesperson, and I naturally said yes. Yenny uh, mentioned she would be right back that we meet at the car. I noticed there wasn't a window sticker on the car. It's always a red flag. MSRP, Monroney label, by law, they're supposed to be there. But to be honest with you, uh, even in our dealership, occasionally we have to reattach it or something happens. But uh, as long as it's not premeditated, the dealer should have that window sticker there because it's a wealth of information. And it's something absolutely vital if you're shopping and comparing prices. you got to know what the real MSRP is, the window sticker. So it wasn't there. Um, uh, she apologized, saying her English wasn't very good, then said something uh, into a radio. A few minutes later, a guy approached uh, us with papers in his hand. Neither of them introduced themselves, although they were both wearing name tags. So uh, sales manager David welcomed me and handed me the papers, stating that they contained the same information as what the window sticker would show. The paper was a Toyota consumer sheet, which showed an MSRP, manufacturer suggested, retail price of $42,218. The VIN, vehicle identification number, on the sheet matched the VIN on the car. There wasn't any indication of dealer installed equipment or market adjustments, which, uh, you know, uh, so, you know the car just got there. It may 
But when they come in, yeah. they come in with the Monroe labels attached. The exactly. dealer doesn't yeah, put it on. Yeah, you have to take it off. Right. Somebody took it off, probably yeah. for a delivery, like it was sold and maybe the deal didn't go through and they didn't put the sticker back on. That's that's true, too. But they're not supposed to take it off. Uh, only the customer legally can take it off. Yeah, supposed, technically, it's supposed to be on the vehicle at the time of yes. delivery. Frankly, most dealerships don't do that because it takes a while to get it off and the customer wants to get the car and long story. I asked about it being a hybrid because uh, based on my research, I thought all hybrids had blue in their logos. I didn't even realize that myself. Mm -hmm. I'm a Toyota dealer. Well, not all hybrid. Toyota yeah, was doing yeah. Not all non-Toyota yeah. Toyota was making everything blue. You explained that this car is exclusively a hybrid and is similar to the Avalon, but in hybrid form. This is true. There are no non-hybrid versions of the Cross. Yeah. Crown. Crown. <laughs> Sorry. C-R-O, I'm close. <laughs> Dave assured me that I was in very good hands, tapped Yenny on the shoulder saying she's the best. However, I was never offered a test drive. That's uh, hmm. um, that's not right. I mean, uh, you should be offered a test drive. Yenny suggested we go inside so she could work out some numbers. David mentioned that their inventory was quite low and asked if I would be interested in a pre-owned vehicle since they didn't have very many new cars. I declined emphasizing that I really wanted a new car. He then asked me if I was trading anything in, to which I replied no. He seemed disappointed. And you're always disappointed. Car dealers, salespeople always want to have a trade-in for a lot of reasons. First of all, used cars are such low supply now. Car dealers literally need used cars really bad. Uh, of course, uh, they, they, they said that before they really needed them that bad, so now you know, uh, it's a question of uh, doubting their integrity. But the truth is now, your your trade-in is worth a lot of money. They want your trade-in badly, and it's a good tool for you to use to negotiate the best price you can. But you always should get competing prices on your trade-in. Once inside, Yenny had me sit at a high-top desk, asked for my license and contact information. She then excused herself to speak with her sales manager. About five minutes later, she returned with a sales worksheet, a standard worksheet in her hand before showing it to me. A worksheet is something uh, uh, preceding the vehicle buyer's order. Why? Because it's not a legal document and the car dealer isn't obligating himself legally. He can, he can be wishy-washy. He can be a little bit uh, casual about numbers on a worksheet because it's not a legal document. Uh, this is my offer. I thought this was interesting. Maybe it had to do with her uh, not being familiar with English before showing it to me. She said, this is my offer. You're the one who's supposed to make the offer. Yeah, good, good point. I, I, when I read that, I thought it was unusual. And I, then I thought it was kind of cool. I'm like, hey, here's my offer. But yeah, you're mean, right. It, it might have been a language it, issue. It, it, literally, it is the dealer's offer. But when you say that, then you set up a, well, that means that it's not really... That would be really funny. I should ask Agent Lightning to, you, you, to like see, to battle the, on that. She should have said, "This is the price." If you're a, if you're trying to get a lot of money from the customer, you should say, "This is the price," and make them believe it. But she said, uh, "This is my offer." Proceed to go through the changes on the uh, charges on the sheet. The selling price was MSRP forty-eight thousand two eighteen. Uh, last week I talked about this. It's not the selling price. Why do they call it the selling price? That's why I put it in quotes. Right. They're like air quotes, yeah, the right. selling price. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Then they added $4,190, $4, and I love this, total financed aftermarkets. 
$4,190. Where did they come up with that? Total financed aftermarkets. Then they added a $999 junk fee. I used to call them dealer fees, and they're just uh, additional profit to the dealer and the sales tax. Out the door, jumped from, what was it, 51000 uh, 42,000. 42,000. Yeah, original MSRP. 42,000 to 57,000. Wow. <laughs> That's a quantum leap. Wow. I expressed I didn't want or need the extras labeled as financed aftermarket. Wise. That's the dealer installed accessories. I asked if they could be removed. And he said she would see what she could do, but wasn't sure. I replied, if you could try it, appreciate it. There's no way I'm buying at this price. Then I mentioned that I currently own a Toyota and asked if I would receive a special discount for that. You know. And he replied, I don't know, but I'll ask. Nice thing about being a new salesperson, in fact, a lot of veteran salespeople pretend to be new salespeople because you tend to feel sorry for them and you tend to think that they're telling you what they believe. And a lot of people play that game. I'm new at this. I don't think any was. I think she really was. A few minutes later, she returned, accompanied by a different sales manager who sat down while she kept walking. I had three people already, three uh, different people, dealership people. But he asked me how soon I was looking to buy since the hybrid in the inventory was the only one available. I replied that I'd been waiting to buy a car for a while, but I couldn't bring myself to pay full price for a car. He informed me uh, that he had a new price sheet and showed me a revised worksheet with the extras removed. Uh, this was the same, but uh, with zero dollars for the total advance um, aftermarket's out the door price, 52,000. So 52,742 versus 57,195, which is a huge drop in just, uh, you know, two seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want, I don't want to buy those. Uh, for those timid people, uh, God help them. I mean, when you go in, get the courage to and say. And there are no. gullible people. I'm sorry to say, uh, and we we talk to them a lot, and that we hear them on the show. Uh, I, I hear them. They call me about my blog and things like that. Literally, people believe everything some car people say, and that's what the, that they they pay obscene profits to car dealers. So always ask, always ask for a better discount. He expressed his desire to make a deal with me that day and asked if we were close to reaching an agreement. He wanted me to let him know uh, what price would make me sign right away. That's standard operating procedure. I responded by saying that regardless, I would still need to discuss this with my husband and we would want to test drive the car since I haven't done so yet, obviously. You, he can't, you never buy a car without test driving it. And I, and I talked about that last week. Sometimes you have to buy a car without that's right, because they don't have the car. Yeah. Well, how about, a, how about a brand new model like the Crown? We just yeah. got it. You yeah. know, that's yeah, exactly. never been driven before. Yeah. Uh, he seemed disappointed and suggested, well, let's go drive it now. I declined saying I would be in touch. A little too late. So there you are. And by, by the way, I just said something I, I need to. If you order a car, and uh, in my dealership, because we have, uh, you know, low inventories, uh, we have I think uh, Josh told me that we got like 3,000 cars uh, coming up on huge numbers. Thir 1,300. 1,300 on the, yeah. on the list. There's a three in there. Yeah, 1,300 uh, 13, on order. 1,300 cars on order. So a lot of these people have been waiting months. We had a caller to the show that waited over a year. So you still want to test drive the car. 
mean, I'm sorry, but uh, you've been waiting for six months. The car comes in, you test drive it, you don't like it. You probably want to slash your wrist. I mean, you've been waiting that long for a car, but it's just the reality of the world. You're kind of in a pickle there, aren't you? Yeah, it's the reality of the world (laughs) today. Uh, Back in normal times, I always said to people, don't ever buy a car without test driving it. And the reason I say that is uh, we have customers that bought Camrys from us for as an example, for years. Maybe this is their fourth Camry. And they come in and they want to buy a new Camry. We say, fine. They, they, uh, we, and they say, well, would you like to drive it? And they say, no, you should always drive it. No two new cars are the same. You can take two 2023 Honda Accords, identical in options, equipment, and even color, and they drive a little differently. Cars are not all the same. And if you go from one model year to another year, model year, I guarantee you there will be subtle differences. Some yes, of these subtle differences are visibility. And I, we probably get more complaints on, we had like, was it Marty talking about the headrest, mm-hmm. I think, and, 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 and visibility out of the rearview mirror. Uh, there's a lot of things that you take for granted. Well, here's a, here's a really good example. I was driving Avalon's for a while, and between mid-year uh, changes, the, the interior had a lot of chrome, like uh, chrome accents put in. Mid-year? Um, well, I don't know if it's mid-year. I might have just got the car mid-year, but I remember yeah. I, was dri- I went from an Avalon to Avalon, and um, the, they, they reflect the light. So on chrome, you have these little mini suns yeah. inside the car all over the place, depending on which uh, time yeah. of day I was driving. And, and I didn't like that. I never expected it, but it was yeah, just there. Something yeah. like that could drive you crazy. They changed that because so many people complained. Yeah, well, not yeah. a good idea. <laughs> put yeah. little spotlights in your car. Ow. Yeah, it's put talcum powder on the chrome. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's the Mystery Shopper Report. We'd love to have your votes. And uh, as Nancy said earlier, you can do uh, youtube.com forward slash Earl and Cars. You can do 772-497-6530. And we will go around the table. We'll find right. out what the voters are. Well, I have some coming in. Uh, I have some votes coming in. Um, and my screen disappeared. There we go. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Wellington says, this dealership's grade plummeted as soon as the Moroni sticker disappeared. Usually it's a sign of shady dealings. Uh, without it, uh, the dealership can give you any price and claim that it's the true MSRP. That and too many junk fees will garner an F from me. Looks like the Wild West extends to Central Florida. It does, right up the turnpike. And then Bob, um, F for Central Florida Toyota. No test drive offered. Rip-off price. Fail. Let me do a refresh, make sure I don't have any other grades coming in here. Um, now, for me, I, I, I know the general manager at Central Florida Toyota. Um, I, I will say I believe in this case... Um, not having the Monroney label is probable because it was uh, delivered. I think it was. I don't think they're trying to hide that. The Toyota consumer sheet, while it's not a legal document, if you match the VIN to the car like the um, like Agent Lightning did, um, you'll see that 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 is the actual MSRP. So they the, did, sa- the salesperson, she was new, but uh, yeah. she should have said, "I'm sorry right away." Right. There's no no yeah. You exactly. know, yeah. Um, however, there wasn't anything on the car that indicated um, the, you know, their big add-on package. Um, I don't, and I don't even know what was in it. I mean, if it's a uh, market adjustment or if it's equipment, I don't think we, I don't think we really know what it is. Um, so that wasn't on the car. So it was a surprise when she gets to the desk. Um, and then when somebody comes down that that quickly, that's a that's called a game that's being played. If they're playing a game, and the game is we're gonna 
we're going to offer, or we're not going to offer this, we're going to present this to everybody, and uh, 27% of the people are going to say, okay, and they're going to make uh, $30,000 on the deal, um, and then the other th- 70% are going to say, I'm not paying that, and they took their chance. So it's a game. They came down, they dropped their pants, as they say in car dealer parlance, too fast. Uh, I'm going to give them a, 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 a deep, crude term that is it is terrible. It just means they've exposed themselves. I think only car dealers would. I know present. there's so many. I, I think I'm allowed to say that. Anyway, um, D for me. Well, one quick note here from Johnny Z. Fraidley says Charlie, our dog of the week, comes with no dealer fleas or additional barkups. That's right. Barkups. We didn't have that one. I love Johnny. Oh, you're awesome, buddy. We've done the dealer f- fleas, but barkups, that's great. And okay, from Negan One, still 10K over the initial price. Not today. D minus, minus, minus. Not quite an F, but very close. Kirk in West by God, Virginia. Central Florida Toyota. Horrendous markups, but very limited supply. A D minus. Over here we have, uh, let's see, for this quick note from Tom Steckel. I shopped Central Florida Toyota and asked them if they could meet my Earl Stewart quote on a TRD vehicle he was looking at. Hmm. They said they'd lose money if they sold at MSRP with no fees or add-ons. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's good. <laughs> okay, so James Fronty. So about five grand over MSRP with the egregious dock fee and mandatory accessories, total BS. I don't finance anything, so listing it as financed accessories is presumptive and indicates a bad dealer. D. Tim Gilliland, well, that elevated quickly, C (laughs) minus. Tom Steckel, D. Old school ridiculous fees, plus they don't have anyone as nice as Marlene Levy. No, they don't. Brian Sedletko, no test drive, no buy, D minus. Mark Ryan, C minus. Johnny Z. Fraidley, C minus. Give me five bucks, C minus for trying to add all those fees and for not having the label and for not offering a test drive before going over the paperwork. Rocky Blockatiel, there should never be a language issue. If you speak two languages, be fluent in both if you are in business. D. Uh, myself, I'm, I'm going to kind of go with the crowd and say D. It's, you could probably work a deal there, but you got to be on your toes and be sharp and be on your game. <coughs> I was going to give him a higher score, but after listening to all that, I'm not. <laughs> what do you want to hear my I, score? I got two more here. Okay. Uh, Casey with a D. Score? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And freaking Florida F from Tim Marini. Yeah, before you before you <laughs> vote, I'll okay. tell you what my vote is. Okay. You know, uh, it never ceases to amaze me, and I have to tell you, you know, it, it's still, it's still very disappointing, truly disappointing, and I can't emphasize enough to be informed, to be prepared when you walk into a dealership. And uh, this, this this song and dance, you know, it, it just it comes in, it goes, and it just depends on whether you want to play the game or not. And if you do want to play the game, put on that negotiating hat, and do your do your thing. Uh, for uh, Central Florida Toyota, 
F F F F F F F F F. F. Yeah, I'm. A, you know, I I I pulled myself together after listening to YouTube and Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh -oh. I I'm I'm going to give them a uh, C minus. Whoa. Uh, I, I probably okay. should give I probably should give them a C. Here, I have too much knowledge. So you're voting about on the curve. The the, the, the I, Stu knows the general manager there, and he is an honest guy. He's a yeah. nice guy, and. Uh, uh, in general, uh, the Toyota Crown is, uh, I mean, that's a hen's tooth. That's a rare occurrence. Nobody's got the Crown. And if anybody's going to charge you a lot of money, remember when the Super came out uh, pre-COVID? Uh, dealers were charging thousands and thousands and thousands over sticker because low supply, high demand. They thought. Turned out it wasn't. So you can buy buy a Super pretty cheap now. So it's supply and demand. That's what they're doing. And uh, they could be wrong, uh, but uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to give them a C minus. Okay. Okay. Do we, have, we a, do we have a little bit of time? I yeah. have some. I have a little bit. Of, uh, here's a little factoids I get from. Uh, interesting to me, automotive news. Can you believe there's a new electric vehicle um, coming out uh, with a? I think it's just a, a price record. It's called the Faraday, and oh, the I've sticker is three hundred nine thousand dollars. I've heard of the Faraday. I didn't know it was that much money. Three hundred. Yeah. yeah, and and here here's another little bulletin. This is really cool. Uh, have you heard of a? Uh, uh, we know the Rivian. The Rivian has, I think it's a truck or an SUV, and it it makes what they call a tank turn. Yeah. It turns oh. in its own. Okay. Length just by the the front wheels go this way and the rear wheels go that way. Well, and if, they, if you've got independent electric motors on each wheel, yeah, that that's what tanks have. That's that is how so they cool. They they made it in California. They made it illegal because they were tearing up the oh yeah. <laughs> the asphalt. Yeah, <laughs> the that fold. would tend to put some uh, some friction there. Drag. And I got I got one more thing I gotta say. As a Fiat dealer, going back into the oh. '70s, and I'm, I've always considered Fiat the joke of the automobile world. And if, if Fiat, pardon me if this is a politically incorrect, fix it again, Tony. You know, F-I-A-T. I mean, they really were bad cars, and they came. That, and then after I'm a Fiat dealer, they left, went back to Italy, and I'm, I'm stuck with all these tools and parts and and um, probably some Fiats. So they came back again, and that was a joke. Anyway, <laughs> the, the second coming of Fiat over here, I bet you can't guess how many Fiats were sold in the United States in the last three months within here. No. What would you say? Twelve. Oh, you're low. Huh? He's low? Uh, Twenty-seven. <laughs> I guess I, I guess this isn't so low. 138. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. In the last three months? In the whole United States in three months. In three months. That's not good. Okay. Automotive uh, uh, News did me wrong this week. You know that, don't you? Uh, huh. I didn't get my subscription. Yes. One quick note from Robert Gardner. He says, the Big Dog Rescue is in Shorter, Alabama, between shorter. Auburn and Montgomery okay. on I-85. Oh, okay. Shorter. 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 Like I said, Alabama. Hey, shorter. 
Alabama. See, as you remember, they, but we have big okay. dogs. Big dogs uh, in, in short, short uh, Alabama. In shorter Alabama. Never. That's how I remember that. That's awesome. Little play, little play on words. Uh, folks, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, as I always tell you, you're a big part of the show. And uh, I also want to mention Charlie. Um, if uh, you uh, want to adopt Charlie, you can adopt. Uh, he's our featured dog of the week. All fees are paid, and uh, you can go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Uh, the website and uh, www.bdrr.org. Also, uh, here's Earl's Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Uh, you can go to earlsbook.com for the book. And uh, remember, all proceeds go to the Big Dog Ranch. Thank you again for joining us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you right back here next week at 8 a.m.